Hey friend, this is Shelby, host of the Resilient Podcast. I believe that every woman should have what she needs to feel confident. Each experience looks different, but that doesn't mean we have to be alone. What if as women, we came together and had real conversations that strengthened each other to go deeper with God and go further in life? I don't know about you, but that's what I'm here for. Let's do this together. Hello, and welcome back to the Resilient Podcast. I am actually here tonight with my husband. Hi, Clark. Hello. I convinced him to do an episode with me, and not only did I convince him to do one with me, I also convinced him to talk about the Enneagram, which is kind of funny, um, because you have not been into it for very long. Well, no, just recently I started to realize that, it, you know, there is some things that it can be used for effectively. And so I just started looking into it. I, one day I was just led to like, look up, what is it? I'm a three. Look up, what does a three actually mean? And I, I was like, oh, that's actually very insightful because I actually think that way, but this puts words to it. So yeah, it's kind of funny because he kind of mocked it for a while and I was way into it. Um, but he's come around, you know, everyone A little does. bit, a little bit. <laughs> uh, but today we wanted to not just talk about the Enneagram, but talk about our relationship um, and marriage. And I, if you don't like the Enneagram, I'm really sorry. But if you do, this is me, your favorite episode probably. But um, I, I'm not obsessed. I just really like how it has helped me understand myself better. It, it's basically, for anyone who doesn't know, it's a personality test. Um, that helps you, yeah, to better understand yourself. It also helps you to better understand others. And it's really based on core motivations, like what motivates you to do certain things and why you do those things. Um, so yeah, it just has been super insightful for me. And then in our marriage, it has been really eye-opening. And so that's why I wanted to get into it. But we wanted to start off by first talking about um, just our relationship. And um, way long before Enneagram was ever a thing, we dated, we met in college. Yep. Um, we both played college basketball mm -hmm. and that's kind of how we got to know each other. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, it was really awesome. It was our, I think our freshman year, we, we knew of each other, mm -hmm. but it wasn't until our sophomore year where we started taking a liking to each other. And so, yeah, it was really awesome. But we found out right away that, you know, we really like each other, but we're very different. Yeah. We're very opposite in pretty much every, every category, every possible way. <laughs> yeah. Other than like the Lord and like sports pursuing things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and sports. Um, yeah, we're very different. And that wasn't like Clark had said, even before we started recording right now, he was like, yeah, that wasn't a big deal until we got married. And then it became like a glaring thing of like, wow. And it's, we didn't even like rush into marriage. We dated for a while, like over a year. Yeah. Well, it was, I, it wasn't a big deal because I'm a mega introvert and she's extremely extroverted. Like she took the person, the, she's like 100% extroverted yeah. and I am very introverted. And so it was easy while we're dating because I'd be like, Hey, I'm going to bed early. And she'd be like, all right, that's fine. And then she'd go hang out with her friends for another three yeah. hours. Because I got that they're tank just dating. filled because it's like, Oh, he's going to bed early. No big deal. I'll go do my other stuff. Uh, but when you're married, that changes everything. And I was like, whoa, what is this? And I know different people have different experiences. Um, but yeah, we dated for a while um, and we won't tell that whole story. That'll be a different podcast, right, Clark? We'll do another one and sure. we'll share about it. <laughs> um, but no, that um, we got into marriage and it was super exciting. We were so 
ready to be married at that point in our life, ready to begin our lives together. And I would say the first month of our marriage was the worst, still probably in our entire marriage. Would you say that? Oh, 100%. And we were like, not questioning whether we should be married. Like that was never a question, but more so like, what? Like, who are you? Who did I just marry? Like, how, what did we just get ourselves yeah, into? Yeah, what did we just commit to? Like, <laughs> and it was because we were so different. And those things were like highlighted once we got into such a like close relationship where we really were not isolated, but just each with each other in some ways. And it was very revealing. Yeah, for sure. I think that first month it was so revealing because I know everyone has heard like, hey, when you get married, you find out how selfish you are. And that is so true for to start off, like I remember one time, you know, it was, it was a two-way street for both of us, but I remember one time Shelby was like so frustrated with just my introvertedness, if that's a word. Mm -hmm. And so one time, I think it was in that first month, I actually found a really interesting YouTube video on introverts. I think it was a TED Talk. Yeah, it was a <laughs> TED Talk for sure. And I, and I sent it to her and I said, you need to watch this because right now you're thinking that my introvertedness is actually like wrong mm -hmm. when it's just different. Yeah. And that was like legitimately true. Except for you, you were, you were not aggressive like that. You were like, so, so nice. You're like, Hey babe, I would love if you would watch this video. And then halfway through, I'm like, Oh my gosh, he sent me this because he thinks that I think his introvertedness is bad. You for sure thought my introvertedness <laughs> was bad. Okay. I did. I really did. I thought like it was almost as if I'm like, there's something wrong with you. Like, like it, to be an extrovert is right. And to be an introvert is wrong. And I wouldn't have had that language no. at that point in my life, but I definitely was like, no, we're different and you're wrong and I'm right. Yeah. But the, the thing was, it wasn't just you. It, we were both very extreme. Mm -hmm. I would want to be like, right when we got married, I'd want to be home every night and just be relaxing by myself and you wanted to be out and about and going 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 Nonstop. and we were so extreme and so there was like this war i i just see it as this war going on between us um where it's like okay i have to constantly give and sacrifice on mm -hmm. both ends and that's what we had to figure out in that first little bit of our marriage mm -hmm. and then obviously it got way more fun after that oh, um yeah. but i think a huge blessing with being different has just been that we balance each other out like we're very different and i would say those extremes have worked some of themselves out we're very like we've become more moderate versions of mm -hmm. ourselves in those ways um and healthier versions of ourselves like we've i think really helped each other like both i've helped you come out of your shell and you've also helped me like tame myself down and be like relax woman yeah um not in those words, but we've really, uh, I think capitalized on those differences. And even now we've been in ministry together for almost five years. And I would say those differences help us lead so much. Mm -hmm. Like it, like I want to do something extreme and you bring the other perspective. And like so many times we talk things through and we come to a completely different conclusion that either one of us would have had on our own. And so um, as we worked together, like that first month I think was like shock. And mm -hmm. then then it became like, hey, we're on the same team here. We're not against each other and let's figure out how to make this work. And from then on, it just has gotten better and better and we've become better and better people. And so at this point in my life, um, I even through different things we've walked through, 
I am so happy that we are not the same. I'm so glad that we are so different because it's been a huge shaping thing in both of our lives. Would you agree? Yeah, it's been it's been huge. And I just I just look back at who I was and I'm just like I don't know, I'm just a better person. I think she I think Shelby you'd say mm-hmm. that same thing is it's we've we've really refined each other and brought out those strengths that we have mm-hmm. but also strengthened the weaknesses and softened sure. I think the weaknesses. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so something that I was, I what I really realized during that first uh, little bit of us being mar- married, and this relates to not just marriage, but relationships as a whole. Like mm-hmm. all of these things in, in a marriage, obviously it's like heightened because you're so close and you're intimate and there's a, a as close a relationship as you can get, that's marriage. But it, this will be helpful in all aspects of friendships and relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously there's um we there was this butting of heads because it's i'm right and you're wrong mm-hmm. and what i realized is is obviously there's some times that is the case where there is a right and wrong situation um and we all have to walk in humility but what i realized is sometimes it's not a right and wrong thing it's oh you're just thinking differently than i am mm-hmm. because you are a different person and you th- see through a different lens and so that's something that i've been learning you know we've been married our five-year anniversary is coming up um i've been learning is there is for sure right and wrong but most of the time when there's a disagreement between shelby and i it's just we're seeing through it from a different lens and Mm -hmm. so when i see that i have so much more combat compassion for the situation and for even shelby so it's not like okay, you're disagreeing with me. My walls are going up. I'm now like, no, you're wrong. No, it's like, oh, you're just seeing from it from a different perspective because you're a different person with a different personality Mm -hmm. with different strengths and weaknesses that I have. And I think if we can do that, we're going to have so much more empathy and, and compassion for people and those people we're in relationship with. And at the end of the day, God calls us to submit one to another, you know, submit yourselves one to another and that's really true both in marriage but like Clark said in every relationship and so even as we dig into this stuff about Enneagram I think it's going to be applicable so much to marriage and maybe if uh, you're sitting there with your spouse or in a relationship um, it's going to be really like eye-opening but also in friendship I think it's going to be like oh yeah like I can see where that person is coming from because of this and this is what's motivating them. Oh, okay, that makes sense. I see that they are seeing through a different lens. Mm-hmm. And having the humility to um, be willing to see from somebody else's side is huge. Um, but yeah, we're going to just break down our Enneagram. There's a test that I like to take. This is the one I had um, Clark take as well. Um, but it gives you a top three, not a wing. Like you, you can still have a wing, but um, as opposed to just like this number and then your secondary Um, it has the top three and there's one that you're the most and then two other following that also like they color each other they make each other and shape the other numbers and I will link that in the notes for this episode so you can take that if you've never taken this test before Um, and that's just one that I prefer because I don't think I'm just one number like when I've studied this out I'm like oh my other two numbers shape my top numbers so much and I see that with Clark too and so I love that version of the test, and so I will link it for you to take it, but we want to just go into ours. So I will start with mine. Um, My top three are eight, seven, two. And so I'll start by going into my main one and just sharing. And so number eight, like on the Enneagram, there's nine personality types. Again, if you're someone who doesn't know, 
uh, what we're talking about. Enneagram test, eight or nine different personality types. So number eight is the protective challenger. So what kind of makes this person look like they are is like they're self-confident, decisive, willful, somewhat confrontational. Did you say that's true? Yeah, a little bit. Um, <laughs> but basically, uh, the desire of an eight is to be independent. Um, it's to... Um, protect yourself and those who that you care about deeply like eights are very loyal very uh like love very passionately very strong personality types um but also very sensitive too eights um like it's not just the like harsh side or like the passionate side but they are very like loving and and can be very kind and really will go the extra mile for you and like lay down their life for you because um, anything an eight is, is, it's often very passionate and like all in in that area. And so I find that that is true for me. I can be very protective and I can kind of jump to a lot of extremes, which is very much an eight. Um, But uh, I also like really deeply care about the people that I care about and I'm willing to fight for them just as much as I want to fight for me I want to fight for them even more um and I just see that in my own life and then a big thing with an eight um some of the weaknesses that can come with it uh are this fear of like or core fears so basically every number has a core fear and a core uh, desire so the core fears are you don't want to be weak or powerless you don't want to be manipulated or controlled or too vulnerable and I can find that is true like I don't um want to be super weak it's like really hard to be weak and when like I feel almost embarrassed when I am and um also something for me specifically like this idea of control I I don't feel like I have to be in control all the time but if someone is not in control (laughs) then I feel like I have to be like I feel this pressure to have to control a situation or any of that and it's not that I feel like I need to be in control all the time, but if no one's going to do it, I'm like, ah, oh, like it stresses me out when things are out of control. And so I found in marriage, because a lot of times, like I was very afraid of not being able to submit in mm-hmm. marriage to my husband, like that idea of like, submit to your husband. Um, but I found no, like, because you're a strong man. Um, and I, I would recommend women that are eights marry a strong man because it was so helpful for me because I actually wanted to come under his leadership and because he is strong even though he's introverted and different than me I was able to come under him and I felt so safe to do that because you were in control there was not this out of control feeling in our lives so then I didn't feel the pressure to be in control so I don't know do you have any thoughts on that yeah something I really like about um your eightness but also just like I even before I got into the Enneagram I saw this just being married to you um something that's so awesome about eights is is they're so they're so motivated and they're like it it seems like they're fearless and they just go after things they're like go I I view you as like a Mm go-getter and um and obviously when you're secure that's really healthy healthy when you're insecure then it can be really unhealthy Mm -hmm. but I've just noticed that with you it's really awesome because I just view your strength I like I like understanding the Enneagram a little bit now I'm like oh that makes sense I saw that before but this put words to it I saw that strength and I've also I just appreciate it even when you mess up or that that strength goes a little too far yeah because I would say that's my weakness in it is like overpowering or like yeah a little aggressive right and so I've seen that but understanding like that is your strength it's it's really nice because I'm like oh that's just that you know 
that just needs to be harnessed. A li- not that mm. I need to harness it, but that just as you get, I need to yeah, harness it, yeah, as you harness that. So I'm like, I'm not going to kill that in you because that mm. is who you are. That's a strength that you have. And yes, you're going to mess up a little bit here and there, mm-hmm. but that's still such a strength. And I see that as mm-hmm. a strength. So it's really cool well, that to was, see that in you. That was super healing for me, actually, in relationship with you was you celebrated my strength. And I didn't always mm-hmm. feel like it was celebrated, whether that be in other relationships or in family or at school where like sometimes I would be considered difficult or like just too much or overboard. And so I kind of felt that way. And even as I got older, I started to like like hate that strength and Mm -hmm. like like not want it to be a part of me and like oh why am I this way and you in my life really celebrated that and you were like no I love that about you like I would never change that and um it helped me actually celebrate it but then also um like be in control of my own strength you know which was super healthy for me so yeah so all you type eights out there I love your strength it's awesome yes just Obviously, you need to control your strength, but when harnessed in that right direction, when you can get secure in the Lord, that's, that is like, like that strength is amazing. And Mm -hmm. so don't ever wish that you weren't that strong. Like it's a, it's, yeah, it's a A beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. No. And so that's my top one. Clark, you, what are your three top numbers? Okay. So I'm a, a three, nine, five. And so I see like the three as like, um, just that is such a, like, I read the description, like I said earlier, I, I, I wasn't really big into the Enneagram, but one day I just was doing my, my devotions and I'm like, just like trying to like figure out why I think the way I think. I'm like, man, I just feel like I'm ingrained to think this way. Why is that? And then I thought of the Enneagram because Shelby and a bunch of my different friends have um, mentioned it and been into it at different times. And so I looked it up and I'm like, oh, that makes sense. And so the three is, um, they want to be valuable. They want to be successful, admired, respected, and praised. And, and the, the name for the three is the successful achiever. It's an achieving yeah. personality. And that's something that I felt like it was so ingrained in me. It's like no matter what I try, I was looking through this lens of achievement. Mm-hmm. And so even in things that I didn't need to like achieve, like no joke, I would be like, hey, someone would be like, hey, do you want to do this? And I would like almost subconsciously in my mind it would go through this filter of like does this have value to my long-term goals or not (laughs) and like okay don't don't hate me for that like if any of my friends are listening to this but (laughs) but that's just that that's how I think and and obviously I've had to hone that in because everything doesn't need to be productive but I felt like everything needed to be productive and so sometimes in our marriage it'd be like hey do you want to hang out and it's like well does that I'm not, I need to be productive, right? And mm-hmm. so I always felt like that. And what I found when when I was struggling, like say with insecurity or whatever, I would start because I was achiever. I would base my value on if I was achieving or not. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest thing I think with threes is they find value. Am I successful in other people's eyes? And if I am, then I'm fulfilling that achiever um, spirit within me, and therefore I am valuable. And that's something I've had to learn over the, over the years, like it's been years, um, just in renewing my mind and, 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 um, reading the word, but I've had to realize like, wow, I cannot find my value in the the achievement. Mm -hmm. I can't, I need to understand that God says I am valuable just the way I am as a son. Mm -hmm. And so that's the biggest thing for me. And as I do that, I realize when I do that, I'm still want to achieve but it's from a healthy place. It's like I'm achieving for love's sake and not for like achievement and 
self-fulfillment sake Mm -hmm. or value like getting your value from that yeah and uh like i said everything has a core desire and a core fear so the core desire would be like having status respect being admired successful and then the core fear is um being incompetent or inefficient worthless like not being able to succeed yeah like one of my one of my biggest fears for the longest time and still like i have to battle is what if i get to the end of my life and i realize like i didn't achieve what i was supposed to achieve mm. like I've, I've realized that oh i'm thinking that way mm-hmm. and i can't think that way because you know i just need to be secure in who i am mm-hmm. and be faithful with what god gives me and therefore because of that faithfulness i am successful so mm-hmm. it's well, just and i've, looking I've at seen it you really fight for that in your life to not base your value and your identity on achievement like mm-hmm. that's something you've really fought for and i've seen that and that's been amazing i would say for sure that played into like when we first got married of just like yeah you filtering everything like whether it was even going out to eat or like just little things through that lens of like how does this uh make sure our budget is maximized and like you know those things where i think you've chilled out a lot and like and accepted like hey sometimes everything's not going to be achievement based it's not all going to fit in a box perfectly but that's okay yeah and i think that yeah, that's been good. But also your achievement has been good for me because it pushes me forward. Like you're very disciplined in the way of like you're setting a goal and going after it, mm-hmm. which helps me to do the same. Because when you say something, you're going to do it and follow through on it. And um, that's helped me do that better. Yeah. Um, so that's our top main numbers, eight and a three. But for me, my secondary number is the seven, which the seven is... Um, a fun number like this is what everyone views as the fun person right so that it's called the entertaining optimist which is spontaneous very like go with the flow and um easygoing you know and flexible um but the core desire is to be happy and satisfied and content and um kind of the core fear that goes right that with that is like this fear of being deprived or um having to walk through emotional pain or missing out on fun like FOMO serious FOMO and I would say this seven side of me is the side that is the people side which is Mm -hmm. like the hype like oh I want to just have fun like I'm so here for a fun time and I love that I love to do fun things and have like relationships that are fun and like go on adventures and like I'm (laughs) I often will tell Clark I'm like babe you know that part of my personality likes vacations like that's really important (laughs) and he's like you're just using that because you want to go on a vacation so you heard you just heard that I was a three and now she's a seven and so just think about that for a moment her one of her things is to have fun like fulfillment without efficiency like this like let's just go have fun and the achiever in me dies (laughs) it's like but how does that meet our long-term goals how does that meet the future and the sevens over here like these are the goals the goal is to have fun and the goal is now yeah so immediate live in the moment So that was another thing. I think when I first, we first got married, I was like, our life is so boring. Like I was like stressed out by that. Like, you know what I mean? Like I just was like, what are we doing? We're not having fun all the time. But no, we've become more fun. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're balanced. We're very balanced. Maybe we just think we're fun. No, we actually do have a lot of fun. We are young at heart, I think, in a lot of ways. Even Mm -hmm. with having a child, we do a lot of fun things that I feel like people our age don't always do. So... Yeah, I would say that side of me is the people side, the lighthearted, the here for a good time 
Um, but where it becomes a weakness is like sometimes I can avoid things, you know, like you can use like filling your life with fun things to avoid pain or to avoid like facing things. And I, I would say I do that some, I've gotten way better. Maybe the eight inside of me is like, stop doing that, you know, but I would say I don't do that as extremely as I used to. Um, and I don't like procrastinate as much. Sometimes I do. I mean, it is launching this podcast tomorrow and it's 10 o'clock at night so yeah. <laughs> maybe that's part of still who I am but that would be my secondary number which I think makes my eight more lighthearted. yeah it's like a a fun fire yes. within you and and it's so funny because I see it so much in our little uh she's almost two and I see so much of that like the fire but in the fun daughter. in our daughter too it's just yeah it's really it's really awesome I really love that about you thank you babe yeah Okay, so what's your second number? Okay, so my second number is a nine. And so the nine, um, they desire to be at peace and being harmonious. And so um, a little bit about that nine, like I said, they want to be at peace, harmonious, um, connected, untroubled, and at ease. And so I realized realized that that is one of my desires is to be at peace. And something that I really, like when I rest, I need to not have anything, any responsibility on my shoulders. If I have any sort of responsibility on my shoulders, I do not, I'm not at peace. Mm -hmm. And so this, this type nine, it makes sense. Like that's the part where I see it in myself. And so, um, like even for me, I've realized at different points in my life when I've been high under stress and I've been like kind of burnt out, I realized like, wow, I've been carrying so much responsibility Mm, for um, too long for too long i need to actually take a t- time where either i i get all those responsibilities and do them and grind for a little bit so that i can go for a period of time without responsibility or i just need to be like putting everything on hold mm. and so that's something i realized that um as part of my personality which is really interesting as like an achiever too is because it's like oh you want to achieve things and be re- and have responsibility on you because that's you achieving things mm-hmm. but then to actually truly like rest and decompress i actually need like no responsibility on my plate i don't know if Mm -hmm. you've noticed that but it's like yeah no i see that and um i don't know if the nine is actually your second or your third but i would say like this is your chill side you know like the relaxed side of you and the like peacemaker side of you because like i always say everyone loves clark there is no one that i know that meets clark and gets to know him that doesn't like him Mm -hmm. and like i'm sure we have friends listening that are like yeah that's true um i can't say the same for myself um (laughs) but i think it's the nine in you you know like the nine is the peaceful mediator you know it's reassuring personality someone who um is gonna see from other people's perspectives and see where they're coming from and um hear them out and make peace and i really see that in you and um i would say the weaknesses though of the nine you don't carry as much like sometimes the nine can be complacent or like not go after things as much but i think because you're a three and you're very driven that you don't have those like fears or weaknesses as much but and then sometimes the the nine can avoid conflict which i don't i feel like you used to do when you were younger but now as we've like matured together over here i'm 27 we're acting like we're mature but as we've grown up a little bit i would say you have 
um, you're not like avoiding. Yeah, I conflict. think I've you know I've overcome a lot of like different like insecurities and things like that. And as I did that, it's made it like I still it's not maybe my natural instinct, but because I'm maybe more secure, or just like have learned through trial and error, I've over I'm able to overcome some of those core weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Not perfect by any means, but yeah, yeah, I've able to overcome those. Yeah, so that's his nine, and then my final number. Um, is the two which is the supportive advisor and this part of me I think definitely softens my eight because eights are very aggressive or not always (laughs) they can be aggressive that's like what eights are known for but this two side of me which is like really generous like can be people pleasing a little or just like really wants to make everyone okay and and caring about others needs so much and sometimes before your own needs and like the core desire is to be loved and to be wanted um and the core fear is being rejected and um but really the two is really there like making everyone happy making everybody comfortable and i think that softens my eight because Mm -hmm. sometimes even as an eight we can be selfish but then this two side of me helps me go like I'm worried about other people's needs and, and it's important. And okay, is everybody here comfortable? And I would say I didn't have that side of me as much growing up because I was more selfish. Like, you know, as a teenager and all that, I was more just the strong side of the eight, but I would say as I got older and then especially like as we moved into ministry and my relationship with the Lord got deeper, I cared so much about people. And I would say this two side really like, came out and I really started to desire to make other people feel like loved and cared for and seen and known. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of the two. Yeah. I think a big strength again on that is just like your empathy. I think that you're able to, to feel what people are feeling and therefore it makes you want to help them. Like Mm -hmm. you like want something and it's such a strength of yours is that you see someone, maybe they're struggling and you're like, I have to help them. Even if it takes sacrificing my own good, I will go to the nth degree to make sure that they are taken care of or I give them all the help they need. And so that's an awesome strength of yours. Thanks. So yeah, yeah that's my last number. So yeah, my third um, number in the Enneagram is a five. So that is like the invest- investigative thinker. Um, it's like the strategic um, number. And so that's something that honestly, I would really like to dive more into and learning about because I know for sure that I am like a strategic thinker. Like something that um, I've noticed over time and Shelby also has mentioned before too, is that um, I might not be good at something right away, but over time I will be good at something because I understand like the strategy behind like getting, he'll figure like, out how to be good at something he's not good at yes and I can see like the patterns I'm like oh if I look at someone who is good I can figure out why they're good and then duplicate that in myself and so there's just like a well, different fives are very innovative in that yeah. way and so that's a that's something that I just have have realized in myself and that's a strength of mine is being strategic now something that goes along with that like maybe one of the weaknesses would be that oftentimes um I'm also, it might lead to some isolation, at least for me. And that is because oftentimes I'm like, if I go out and I give of myself, I'm going to be like depleted or I like only have, like I have a limited resource bank of energy in myself. Mm -hmm. And if I go out, I'm not going to have enough. Mm -hmm. To like survive. And like you kind of get to your max, like I get to my max and I can kind of just push through you get to your max and like you're like i'm done like, yeah i'm just done and that's very much a five is like 
a lot of fives are introverts. Like they need that time mm -hmm. to like decompress and just like recharge, which is very common. And I think also like the, the three plays into my five a little bit too, because not only am I like, oh, I'm going to get depleted. I also could justify it. Mm. Like, oh, also that thing I'm considering going and doing is not helping me achieve what I want to achieve. Mm -hmm. And so there's like, a, I feel like there's also like multiple layers because that mm -hmm. three is my first like number. It's like a combination of those two can actually lead to me like being very, very introverted. Mm -hmm. And so that that's a big part of it, I think. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I like this side of you too because this is what makes you really smart and helpful with so many Thanks, things babe. and does our finances and all those strategy things. Yeah, you're very smart. So that's that side of you. Um, so those are our top three of each. And I hope that you like resonated with some of those as a listener. Um, but we actually heard a quote from somebody. I don't know who it was because it's been passed through several people. But I heard this speaker, I think, once said, um, so you you each have a top three numbers. So in a marriage or in a friendship or in any relationship, you have top three numbers, each of you. And then you also, there are other numbers, right? So sometimes couples like us, all three of both of our numbers are different. Some people have like overlap. Sim, yeah, overlap. We don't have overlap. But basically they're saying any numbers that's not represented between the two of you that you don't have between the two of you, that's what you need God to come and be in your relationship. Like you need his help to fill in those gaps. And so for example, there's three numbers that Clark and I don't have because we have six between the two of us. And those three numbers are the one, the four, and the six. And we see those weaknesses in our marriage. Oh, yeah. And I mean, it's kind of a blessing that we are different because then we have six out of nine. Like some people have two out of nine, you know, between the two of them, if they're very similar. Uh, or sorry, they three. have three out of nine. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it is somewhat a blessing that we're very different. Um, but we just wanted to touch on these last three. Uh, maybe these three are some of your personality types. Um, but for us, these three are areas that we are terrible and we have major weaknesses. So do you want to go? Yeah. The first one that I noticed where we have a big time weakness, like there's a hole, major hole, <laughs> major hole is the ones like, I don't know if any ones are listening out there, but we need you. We want you we and need we need you. you and you have value because we just noticed that, um, that we lack in that area. The, the one is like the, the moral perfectionist. It's principled, purposeful, self-controlled, like the perfectionist, um, oftentimes, aren't they like administrative? Oftentimes administrative. Like, well, okay. The core desire of the one is to be good and to be balanced and to be right. And the, the weakness that can come from that is that like it ha ones can have a hard time being wrong. <laughs> and then also like they can be a perfectionist in their, like they're their own worst critic in yeah. some ways. And so we find ones are typically organized and structured and um, like they have their house in order and very clean all the time. And ones are just like, they have their ducks in a row. Yeah. And Clark and I can, we do fine in some areas, but we are lacking in many areas that the one would be super helpful. Like we have, we are not organized people. Like no. neither one of us, we get things done. And like we both have administration skills within us but there's major lacking. Like we have a really hard time just being completely honest, keeping our house clean and organized. Like we don't do a good job of that between the two of us. And we do like basically bare minimum. Same with like our car or like things like that. We, 
And it's not like we don't take care of things. It's just like that we do bare minimum to scrape by in those areas. Well, I think it's something that I've realized that we just go, go, go. Like there's the, you know, Shelby's that that fun and that passion and I'm the achiever. So there's always like this going, going, there's going. There's something that takes precedence. Yeah, there's always something that's more important than I feel like, say, something like cleaning your house. And so we get to the point where it's like, oh, we have friends coming over in an hour. Like, oh, we have to clean our house, yeah. like deep clean our house because we've been going, going, going all week. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say um, some of those things were like the structure or like the like daily schedule, like, hey, we're going to have a structured daily schedule. We don't do that. Mm-hmm. Like we will sometimes do somewhat of a routine, but we're kind of all over the place in those areas. So we definitely need the Lord to be our one or friends to be our one. <laughs> um, and then the number four, Honestly, neither one of us know that much about the number four. And so I'm so sorry if that's you. (laughs) Because (laughs) the fours are the ones who are like individualistic. They like, it's called the romantic individualist. So we're over here saying we don't know that much about you. And you're like, my whole thing is I want to be known as unique. Um, So it's expressive, dramatic. It can be (laughs) self-absorbed in some ways. But basically the core desire of a four is to be unique and special and authentic and it's not that we don't value those things, but they're not just, that's just not something like we burn for that we're like, yeah, I just need to be authentic. Like, sorry, that sounds terrible. I like, we are authentic. We're real people, but we don't burn for like, I need to be different than everybody else around yeah. me. Like when I talk to my friends that are fours, they really love being like unique or different or things like that. Also, if you're a four, you maybe hate the Enneagram because typically they say fours are like, don't put me in a box. Like I'm not that. So that's the four. Do you want to add to that? You don't no, really know don't anything know about, about the, four. the four. But yeah, the core fear can be that um, you wouldn't be able to express yourself emotionally or that life would be boring and plain or you would be plain or boring. Um, but yeah, the strength would be that you are special and unique and you pull that out of people, which is beautiful. So that's the four. We need the Lord to be that four, but mm-hmm. we, we're we over here like... We need to know what the four We need is. to know more about the four. And then um, the last number is the six, um, which is another one where I think that we have some weaknesses. So the type six is the loyal guardian. Um, they are engaging. They're responsible. They can be anxious uh, or suspicious because they often... What I know about the six is they look at every possible outcome of something and this is how it could turn out. And they go through in their mind, like, which is most likely. And so a lot of times sixes are really good at planning ahead or like thinking ahead. Um, The core desire is to have security and guidance and support to feel safe. And the core fear is um, actually there. They have the fear of fear of like being without support, not having that safety around them and being alone. And so... um, I would say for us, the way that pans out is just the thinking ahead. Like we're very in the moment present people and like we don't always plan ahead. Like even if we have someone over, like we very, we usually are hanging out with people that invite us instead of like intentionally going, okay, babe, this week we should invite this person over. You know, like we just, it's not that we don't hang out with people or we're not intentional with people. We are, but like thinking ahead and going, okay, this week looks like this. What are our thoughts on the week? Like, we don't do that very well. Well, I've also seen it on, like, different people who, like, plan vacations, for example. Like, we are just such last-minute people, and we 
are just like the morning of and throw, like, everything, throw together. everything together and not thinking that far ahead because we're so like I feel like how how we both are is like for for example I'm a visionary person but I think vision and then I think now but there's like there's this no like, in between there's no intermediate or in between I feel like that's a big well, and I am, I am just a like super present, like I'm really bad with my phone. Like anyone who knows me knows I'm really like, I, I don't remember to text people back. Like I don't remember, but it's because I'm not like, I'm, I'm engaged in the moment with mm-hmm. so many things. And, and so I don't think ahead. like many times we've led outreaches and I will pack the morning of like that we're leaving the country to go overseas to the Philippines. I'm like packing the morning that we're leaving. Like it's a problem. I've actually gotten way better, but way better. I would say that is like our weakness is like not thinking through all the options, like, or not even that we don't think through options, but not thinking long-term ahead um, on a consistent basis. So those would be the three. And I encourage you take the Enneagram test. It's super enlightening and it's such a great tool to help you better understand yourself and the people around you. Um, but yeah, wherever those holes are in your relationships, like ask the Lord to come be present in those things and help you be better or surround yourself with people that help you be better. Um, but yeah, all this stuff really goes back to like, we had to understand each other and give each other room to be who we were. Like, I think that was huge. Like accepting like, Hey, you are different from me. And I love that. And I launch you in that. And I celebrate that. And um, I want that for you and being bought into each other's success in that. Like, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I think the biggest thing with that I've just realized with the Enneagram that I've just understood is that the goal is not to like is to accept who you are, like who you are, your personal personality, how God made you and not to try to change who you are, but to be more secure in who you are. Mm. I think that's the that's the biggest thing thing is a lot of times oh i don't like this number in me or whatever no that's who you are that's how god made you your goal is to say no i'm more secure in the lord and i'm more secure in who i am and who god made me to be um if you can get to that point then you're going to be more successful and understand and just walking in more confidence and boldness mm-hmm. well and like that's why with each number there's a core strength or like a core desire and a core fear and when you're healthy, you're walking out the healthy, beautiful, exciting parts of that number. And when you aren't healthy, which we're all on a spectrum, it's not like healthy versus unhealthy. It's a spectrum like of in between. But the healthier you are, the more you can walk out the beautiful pieces of your personality. And then the more, um, I think the more we struggle, the less we are ourselves. You know, when we deal with insecurity or lies of the enemy or fear, Um, It prohibits us from actually being who God created us to be. So Mm -hmm. first and foremost, be who God created you to be and then um, like help each other grow in who God created each other to be. Um, But yeah, I hope you enjoyed this with us. We were just thinking this would be fun. Um, We love the, well, I love the Enneagram and other people do too. So we just wanted to share and help you get to know us better. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for hanging out today. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. I also want to let you know that I've written an ebook called Refreshing Your Prayer Life. This is a tool that I'd love for you to have access to. You can download this free ebook by following the link in the episode notes below. Let's chat again soon.